Welcome to episode 47 of the Eye of Terror podcast. I'm George. And I'm Alec. And we play 40K. All right. We're having uh, we're having a great time with 8th edition. Yeah, yeah, no, I'd say so. We're yeah. having a fun time. Especially yeah. with the new... Uh, I'm having more fun time playing than hobbying. And that's actually a pretty significant statement because hobbying for me is like a really important part of the hobby. Yeah. But the game part, to me, was always like equally fun. But for some reason, the gaming part has now become more fun. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think I think it's helpful for, you know, a, a game to be fun. At that, as a general rule of thumb, I think, I think games being fun is, is helpful. So I'm, I'm really glad that 8th edition has become more fun. More fun. Well, I, I think we, what we had before 7th edition was that uh, it was stressful. Like there was, was a level of stress and like rules lawyering that, you know, it was like an added layer and it was still fun, but it was just like, everything was like, you know, it was, yeah, there was all, there was a lot of like flipping through pages. Yeah, and exactly. And that's, and that's, and that's gone now. So actually when yeah. we play, everything is a lot more streamlined and faster and, you know, we get to the, you know, the important bits, the important you know, bits. sooner, yeah, sooner yeah, yeah. those epic moments that are fun where everyone's yelling about dice. <laughs> right, because this is all yeah. a game about it. it's like it. like if like if aliens landed and they watched yeah. people playing Warhammer, they'd be what what is this species yeah, uh, doing? When why are they, why do you, are they wasting this time moving those little figures around? They're, they're when, when clearly the important part is like manipulating those little squares. Yeah, and they get so excited when those squares <laughs> squares you know turn, like certain yeah exactly. Yeah. so why aren't they just doing that? <laughs> they're just screaming over it. Yeah, exactly. I don't know what's what's wrong with them. I know. Now they're now they're in a fight over it. They're fighting. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot. Um, yeah, yeah, if you look at it from a perspective you know, and like and I think most people who like watch people play forty K mm-hmm. I mean they like the the cinematic aspect of all the little armies and stuff like that. So yeah. that that's cool. But it really the fun part comes with the rolling of the dice. Yeah. Yeah, funny. Okay. All right. Well, let's uh, let's start off with some hobby hobby progress. As per usual, yes. As per usual, not much. Not, not much. Oh, uh, yeah. Still, no. my my heavy work schedule continues. I've been spending a lot of time slaving over a hot, you know, um, computer screen mm. and yelling into telephones and uh, planning more travel. I'm gonna be gone. I'm gonna be heading to New York twice in the next six weeks. Yeah. Yeah, that's gonna be. Yeah, that's for good reasons. Yeah, for good reasons. For good reasons. But I'm thinking, okay, so um, all right, so let's let me let me talk about what I'm working on now. So I'm still working on Death Guard. That's yeah. that's my primary focus. Still working on Death Guard. Yeah. So um, I think the name of the guy is the Noxious Blightbringer or something. He's, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. He's the one with a little fat face. Not that I'm body shaming or anything, but, but he's, he's got this little, 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 he's got he's, little he's chubby got a baby. cheeks. He's got like a puffy. He's like, got a baby face. He's got a puffy baby and, face. And he's blowing weird. out like this noxious smoke yeah. or something. Um, not my favorite model. No, easily my least favorite. That's of, of all the Death Card, my Death least Guard. favorite. Yeah. But I don't why he was selected, like like, like I, the claw in Toy Story. I don't know why, but he was selected as next on my painting queue. Yeah, I mean he's like, there's a lot. Of, I mean, there's like the baby face is like already weird. Yeah. Um, he has a wooden staff, or that's how it's painted in all. The, it in it, all it the, looks like wood, like like a wooden, almost like a wizard staff. We're in, we're in, like he's like, like like what's the name of that like the like the hobo wizard in the Hobbit, Rathgar. Or, oh uh, yeah 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 yeah. The one that's got the, the bird the, poop on the, him. The hippie guy, the hippie, the hippie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hippie um, <laughs> like I'm from California. 
uh, I, don't, I commune with animals. I don't only drink tea with natural herbs. <laughs> <laughs> right. Herbs. Uh, herbs. <laughs> so, yeah, um, but he's got yeah. that He's got that staff. He's got that staff, which doesn't make, like, it's for the 41st money, and what are you doing? Yeah, why are you... Everyone <laughs> else, every single other character has metal staffs. Right. Every single other character. Well, this is an army that has a lot of organic components to it. Yeah, so, but not, um, like, nature components. Like, gross, like, we, if, if you want to make, like... This is not a good model. Yeah. No, it's, 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 he's like a necessary, I guess. I don't even, not even, not even necessary. I'm not crazy about him. I'm getting through him. Yeah. Um, I'm, and then on an occasion, I will pick up a, a space marine, a, a, you know, plague marine, and then work on those guys. And yeah, those guys are great. They those look, they look great. fantastic. Yeah. And yeah, they're all perfect. They all look perfect. They just were modeled great. So they're turning out great. Um, I, I did the Death Guard green undercoat or base coat, and then I, prime them in um, Agrax Earthshade. And then I took like something called Ogren Camo mm-hmm. and then just did a dry brush to lighten it up after the Agrax. And uh, it picked up all of the, I did a light, light brush and it picked up all of the corners and, and edges. Yeah. And so now they look fantastic. No, I still have great. to add all the metal bits and then all the gross, you know, body yeah. component parts, um, the viscera. Yeah, I'm, I'm really glad you haven't shied away at all from the viscera. No, I'm enjoying the viscera. Yeah, I know. The viscera yeah. is like the well, most fun part of, well, of all of the Death Guard. Well, the models. reason I say that is because the first time we saw, like, like remember when the uh, those what were they, they were they like the, this weird like de- these detail paints that were released that were like yeah uh, there was like so the was, rust like there's yeah, the technical paints the technical paints yeah yeah and then I I was all like the blood, blood for the blood, blood god. god get that one yeah I was like no. yeah that looks rad and you're like no it looks gross man. I like a sanitized future. <laughs> I don't it like. Looks, I don't like reality. That looks really disgusting. I don't know why. It's, uh, well, I, well, okay. But now, when, okay, <laughs> I I have not used any of the technical blood for the blood god paint. No, 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 on, no. on my death guard. No, no, no. But but you remarked that it looks gross. So I'm really glad to see you not shying away from the gross in this army. No, uh, no. I, I'm I'm celebrating the gross. I'm just doing it in my own way. <laughs> see, like I, I that's why I prefer supernatural horror versus like uh, torture horror. Good, good, good. I like slash your heart. I like well, all, all the blood for no no good reason. I like the whole psychological element. Well, yeah, because because this is sort of a weird segue, but because yeah. uh, with slasher horror, you just generally get like, oh, it, it's the whole point is the shock factor, and it's right. like you can get like like a, and and, and a I guess party. there's some creativity in how you can slice someone up. Yeah. Oh, I hadn't seen anyone do that before. Yeah, you, kind you of get, a thing. You, yeah, you get like a viewing party to show up, and then you go, ooh, yeah, right, gross. right, right. And but then, the, but I I don't want to celebrate the imaginations of like sick people like that's not to me uh, that's not hard that to me that's just gross horrible things. Uh, I, I I get it in one sense. I just I just think it's a, it's a bit overly. There's nothing. There's nothing to it. Is the problem. There's no. There's no yeah. real artistic integrity. Uh, that in that being said, it's I am going to watch. Gross. We just got Hulu, so I'm going to watch Saw. Saw is on Hulu. So, uh, <laughs> well, because I've never seen it, and uh, of that I genre, so. it actually is kind of like important in that genre. And it, people say that actually the first Saw is actually pretty good. Have you hey, Have you seen Texas Chainsaw? Yeah, but not in nine years. The Toby Hooper. Yeah, you yeah, should the original one. No. No. Yeah, you should. I mean, I mean yeah, I mean, I did, but it was. It's literally has been like twenty years. Since you you should. It. You should revisit it because it really, it re- really is, in terms of like a really good, like a really good slasher film. Yeah. That's one. What 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 makes it okay? Why why is it a good slasher film? Because it's it 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 doesn't really like it doesn't indulge 
as like as much as like something like a Friday the 13th or Nightmare on Elm Street. Right. Even though, like the first Nightmare on Elm Street is good, but I mean, it, it really like they were shooting for a PG 13 rating. They weren't. They weren't like going back for, before PG thirteen. I think even existed. Where yeah, our PG rating, something right. like that. They were going. They weren't like they weren't going for super gory. Right. In fact, they didn't show any. So when they got gore. when the chainsaw starts working, you don't really see the you chainsaw yeah, I working. Mean, it's implied yeah. what's happening. You don't, but you don't. You never see you like see blood flashes sporting. of blood like on the wall or something. Not even. I don't. No, not I don't even, even that. I don't even think that. You just hear the sound. You just hear the sound, and you, you like see it go. You see like from a from like the back end from the back yeah. of the victim. You see it go in, but it's not like. <laughs> But right. you, but you know, but you don't yeah. actually see it enter. Like you don't right. physically right. see it. And enter. today, they would it'd be all about that. It'd be it'd like, be all, all about, about that. Like the entire the horror. Possible, yeah. The horror really is created from like the really uncomfortable atmosphere. It's really uncomfortable that movie. Right. It, like, and you could like you can tell it's like they worked in like ridiculously hot conditions. All all the, like, and like as good as uh, Leatherface is, as fun as he is, it's the it's the other family characters. That really, that are really creepy. They're just really weird. Yeah, I haven't watched it in forever, so you I, should. I it's, forgot. It's really okay. If you want a really prime example, my my favorite. You know this. My favorite uh, horror movie. It's hol- it's a Halloween episode. It's a Halloween episode. It's, it's Halloween. That we turned it into a Halloween episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My favorite horror movie is The Exorcist. Because yeah, okay, the way I look at horror movies mm-hmm. is, um, like, uh, I don't really relate to slasher films or a film where there's like a guy going around killing people, like a serial killer film, like sure. Jason or Halloween or Friday the Thirteenth, kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I always, I always feel like I have a shot, right? <laughs> like I, I, I might be able to take this guy down, right? Now, now there are limits. Jason, like he can come back, from, back the, from the dead. dead. He got the creepy dead like, mom like, and all this, all this, all this. Yeah. this, this there's Freddy and there's all that stuff. The dream stuff. Yeah, yeah. but I always feel like if it was a physical threat. I have a chance. You've got Maybe a it's not a good one, right? Yeah. But I'm I'm six two. I'm two hundred pounds. You know, I, I I can. You know, I know how to fight. I, yeah. I, could, I, I might I might get lucky, <laughs> right? I might get lucky. But if you're fighting the devil, yeah. like you have no shot, <laughs> not at all. You don't have a chance against fighting the devil. He's a devil. He can do whatever he wants. So so the the idea that the, that the devil manifests himself in human form in some kind of a way and is there to just creep you out and it just takes over somebody and there's nothing you can do about it pretty much is is like psychologically that's that's staring into the abyss for me yeah that's like there's i i have no chance i have no chance against things that i don't understand you know how they work the Mm -hmm. physics don't apply to to you know the supernatural or the devil right so oh uh, the bed is floating (laughs) <laughs> what do I do about that? I do. Yeah. <laughs> you know, oh, she's turned into like a spider creature. Uh, oh, nothing I can do about that. Yeah. You know, I'm just, I'm just gonna go crazy and go insane or run away, yeah. um, right, or die. So, um, so that to me is supernatural horror is always the scariest. Yeah, I, I get that. I guess, I guess my problem usually with that sort of genre for a, a lot of it is that as as, as like a, a kid growing up seeing a lot of that and it's like having the concept of ghosts and demons sort of embedded into our culture. I feel like I know it too well. The, the, a lot of the a lot of the horror I like comes from a certain element of a real element of mystery about whatever the villain or main antagonist is. The um, 
like you can you can still do like supernatural elements. It just you want to. I think I think it's better when it's sort of made on like with the devil. I have a I have a cultural understanding of what the devil is, what he represents. Sure. And even even he has like he, even he has like we know if there is if there is a devil. Then there's, world, a god. then there's a god in that right. world, so and, and, we and, have like a more powerful thing. So you don't right. you worry, but you don't. But if you in in uh, as long as you keep faith or stuff like that, right. and that's usually what yeah. happens, and you're good. Right. With something like let's say, let, let's let's okay, let's get a little like college filmy here. Let's let's say like <laughs> okay, the world like if you're in the world of Eraserhead, for example, what are you gonna do? Whatever happens in that world, just kind of happens to you. It's just a weird, surreal experience. It's not like there's no well, control there. It, it, okay, so so for me, it, it, I think you nailed it. it. It's a loss of control. Yeah. I like with slasher movies. I feel like I have an element of control. I have agency still. I have the ability to pick up a shovel and fight back. Sure. Right. I in in whether it's Eraserhead or you know um, uh, the House on Haunted Hill or The yeah. Exorcist. I have no chance against the supernatural, but but you do but you do if, as long as because as long as you're finding something that has rules. Okay, but again, I I don't have I you know the you, thing with the supernatural is that you don't know what the rules are necessarily. Now there could depends. be there could be order like if if you really believe that it all comes down to basically your faith in God, say, and yeah. that's going to be your shield. That's going to be as long as you're incorruptible, as long yeah. as like you have you know yeah, yeah, yeah. you can hold that cross in front of Dracula and, yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. going to work because yeah, yeah. you have faith, right? Yeah, but if yeah, it yeah. doesn't, <laughs> I watched Friday Night the other day. <laughs> funny. If you don't if you don't have faith, then it yeah. doesn't work. So, but I don't know what the limits are. You know, I don't necessarily know how the supernatural world works. It, whether even it has any rules whatsoever. Mm. So, for me, it still represents a loss of control because I just don't. I just don't know. But, but I think I think I think it's just ghosts and like demons just have too much of a priest style. Like with a ghost, you're dealing with. You know, you're dealing with uh, the spirit of a dead person. There's a person who died, and their spirit has come back to haunt an area. And often there'll be rules like, "Oh, they'll just they just haunt this house." If so, you right. even just if get, you don't have a chance of, of just leave yeah, the house, leave the get house. If you even if you don't even right. if you don't necessarily right. have a chance of beating it in the traditional sense, you can evade it. You can evade it, can or get, or you can kind of ignore. But you can kind of ignore it. But like, take something like uh, the thing that poltergeist, the so. creature from It Follows. Yeah. It's a great. It, it's like well, that has rules. It, it has some rules, but at the same time, you don't really you don't really know what it is. Right. Uh, you don't you you know it has rules, right? But at the same time, there's no getting away from that beyond the beyond the the, the, the transferal method. <laughs> right. There's no real way. It's right. it's just constantly out there hunting you, and you don't. And, you, and while you know it has, and, and while you know certain limitations, what you don't know is. What is it? What does it look like? What is it after? Why is it doing this? Right. There's no real like with a ghost. I'm angry because uh, my my the wife so murdered me. But ah. there are ghosts that have missions, like in the like the the girl ghost in the ring, right? Yeah. Like, I don't, don't want to spoil the movie, but yeah. that absolutely has rules. Yeah. You know, and, and if you follow the rules, then you evade the horror. If you don't follow the rules, then you die. Right. Yeah. But there is a reason why that ghost is acting out in yeah, the way yeah, it yeah, is, yeah. right? The, most ghost stories are just about haunting. It's a scary presence, you know, unexplained things, and you just are creeped out because you see, yeah. you know, shadow people or scary faces in the corner or something like that. 
But then there are, you know, more active ghosts like the poltergeist that actually can physically harm you. Yeah. Or have some sort of uh, revenge motive. Yeah. Like yeah. like the ring, right? Yeah, yeah. Or or some unknown motive like it follows. Sure. The creature, or I don't know what it is. Probably yeah. a ghost, some supernatural force. But you, yeah, but you don't really know, and that's or the Babadook. And I think, and I think, yeah, and that's another great example. You yeah. don't. That's like it's not a demon. It's the Babadook. Right. It the, is the this, boogeyman. It is the book. It is a thing. It isn't even the boogeyman. It's it, it has a distinctive look. It yeah. has an entirely separate identity. Right. From it, it takes influence from other things, but it has yeah. an entirely separate identity from pre-established cultural monsters. And that gives it a real edge of the unknown. A great, I mean, in terms of things that, like, it's not like, I'm not saying you can't make like a horror story work that, that uses ghosts and demons and whatever. Like a great example is, as you mentioned, the original Ringu. Yeah. Uh, at least for American Yeah, the Ringu is way better than the Ringu. Oh, way better. Way better. Way I don't better. get, I don't get like the hype for the Because most people Ringu. haven't seen Ringu. That's yeah. Because it, it's, at, it, I think for that movie, it's really that element of cultural alienness. You don't really oh, have yeah. any the, reference points. The first time you see a Japanese ghost crawling on the ground You're in just some like, weird, skittering, non-human way, oh, it just stays with you. Like So um, we were living um, in a house with a long hallway yeah. uh, at the time I saw that. Saw that. Yeah. And I every time I got up to drink water, get a drink of water, that for the weeks after I saw that, goes that was like crawling on the ground that towards was, me that was the same thing that was the same thing i always i always was freaked out because i uh at the end of the hallway i whenever i like would get up as a little kid to uh get to use the restroom in the middle of the night yeah i was always freaked out to open that door again because i was always afraid that thing is going to be standing on the other side in like the dark did you ever on the other side of the hall were you exposed to the whole bloody mary thing was that something that you you kind of grew up with or not? I grew up with that. I grew up with that a little bit. It didn't. It. it you know. The, you know. Like, you know the rules. Basically, you stare in the mirror, and, and if, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. if you say I'm, or think, or th- here's the part that gets you: if you say or think the words "Bloody Mary" long enough, yeah, she will appear in the mirror in all her bloody glory. I mean that that like, that mildly freaked me out. Yeah, but, three. I think three times at a minimum. <laughs> yeah, three times a minimum. I, that yeah. might like, but yeah, the ring Ringo girl had way that freaked more, me out for a while. That had way more of an effect. Oh well, yeah, because you actually more. saw it. Because I actually saw it. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, a, a great. You you had you had. I remember you you had a uh, story. The collections of like ghost stories as a kid, right? Yeah, yeah. You had like little books. One of the one of the. And if you don't know about this, this is a, this is a great. Uh, unfortunately, they reprinted it with new uh, drawings. It's scary uh, scary stories to tell in the dark. I yeah. believe was the title. It was like there was a it was a three part horror like short story collection for kids that had the greatest the scariest illustrations you you've sh- ever you seen. showed me the illustrations on, yeah. online so they're still online they're and still they, online I can't believe they were sold to kids and I, I know they're disturbing I know they are and they're it disturbing. was and it was real it's really great it's it's the one because you it's the first time I guess as a kid you're ever like it was the first time for me that I was ever exposed to something like that surreal and like really visceral yeah and it, it it really gets your i mean you're freaked out i mean that that's a bit of i mean that's a bit of the trade-off you are freaked out but at the same time it just gets you're fascinated your, you're fascinated because the first and, time you, and it gets you like really that. interested in this sort of thing for you're some like, kids yeah it's like it's like it's like you have <laughs> the this dark ones <laughs> if it, it's not for everyone if your kid doesn't like it your kid doesn't like it they right. can just they can put it down and like yeah. not that's the book yeah. we don't i, I imagine there's a correlation between that kind of artwork 
and Warhammer fans, <laughs> Grimdark sure, fans. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's just it's. Right. I'm so I'm so bummed out that they reprinted it with like these like really gussy safe up. space versions. <laughs> not, it, but it's it's like it's they're like, not as scary and they're, it, not they're, as not, they're nowhere near yeah. as scary. Yeah, it's well, just, it's probably, probably because they, they led to so many nightmares that parents wrote the publisher it, it, and said, "You're you're ruining my life. <laughs> my kids ruining. can't sleep." Yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, but at the same time, it just for for the kids that it does that it does it for yeah. that it really gets their mind running. That's just a great gift. That thing is just amazing. I mean, it, but it really is something. I think it really is something you you need to find that like a Scholastic book fair and not give to your child, right? Because it's 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 a book that is like has a really specific like niche kid audience. But if they if they are able to find it on their own, that's great. So that's why I'm so that's why I'm sad. So was this was this a book that you picked out? Yeah, that I found on, on Scholastic. Yeah, the, the, like, the like Scholastic in, book fair would roll around, and then there was this. <laughs> what's the, what's the scariest? And I most horribly visceral. No, I I wouldn't. I wouldn't, I wouldn't ask. Book. I would just be browse. I browsed. Right. I just browsed, right. and I remember seeing this like. I've never, I, I just never seen anything. It was so different from any of the other books. If it was a movie, it would have, it'd have, you know, like, uh, warning, graphic, disturbing images. You know, <laughs> R. Rated R. Rated R. Right. Um, yeah, and even, even like, and the story, like, that's not, that's not the takeaway from the stories. A lot of the stories were, like, really, there was one about, like, the scarecrow. Yeah. Uh, like, these guys made up this, like, scarecrow called him Henry and, like, like with, like, screw of the scarecrow for some reason. I don't know. It was, it was, it was dumb. But, the scarecrow, like it, it, it slowly started like to show signs of life, and in, I think it ended up skinning one of the farmers. <laughs> oh my god! It ended up skinning one of them. <laughs> oh that god. was that was in a children's like that was in a children's <laughs> collection of short horror stories. It was amazing. Oh my god! I I, I was just like, what? I, I yeah, it, it it really just sparked a fascination that sort of thing. Um, other books that, that, like, for me growing up were, like, yeah. super important on the horror side were, like, all the whole H.P. Lovecraft short stories. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing. Co Cosmic Horror is another one of those things that fall in, to me, falls in Supernatural because, again, no control, you know, yeah, yeah, Elder yeah. Ones, you know, angles that you can't understand. If you actually witness something, you're likely to go insane. Yeah, and it's, and it's right. really it's really something you can't put on screen. I think. Uh, I right. This is really left to the imagination. The new we were we just started watching the new um, uh, Stranger Things yeah. season season two, and there's a very Cthulhu like yeah. presence. And we're not ruining anything because I think you see it in the trailers. It, it, uh, and in the posters too that you see. Yeah, it's it's awesome. It looks cool. It looks but, cool, but, but it's not again, scary. Yeah, it's not as scary as, as what your mind could come up with. Exactly. Right. And that and that's the and that's the real and that's the real power of those is that is that right like you can't you you cannot you if if you wanted to have the same effect you cannot portray in visual imagery a creature that when you look at it you go insane the whole point yeah. is that you shouldn't be able to see it to, yeah it it just drives Without, you insane yeah because you can't it's so horrible so when you see a picture of like a Cthulhu monster you're just like oh okay it's, it's like a, a tentacle creature yeah it's like a giant it octopus. looks weird like a squid like thing it looks a little freaky but it's right. like okay I can grasp that the thing the thing with uh, the stories is that it, it's left up to vague descriptions so your mind can't really right and it, and it tells you blatantly your mind cannot get around this right like you cannot wrap your head around this thing if you try you will go insane I see I think you are where you are because um, literally when you were like five or six years old I would read you H.P. Lovecraft stories as bedtime stories <laughs> yeah do you remember yeah I remember I remember that <laughs> yeah oh well things turned out for the better <laughs>
Yeah. Um, and then, and then, of course, the movie that we've referenced it on the podcast before. The movie yeah. that I think is most closely aligned to both Cthulhu or, or H.P. Uh, Lovecraft and uh, 40K is um, God. What's the name of the movie? Um, just, just Event like, Horizon. Event Horizon. Event right. Horizon. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, we've referenced I mean, it before. Right about you know the horrors of the warp. And that's a, what that's happens a when man crosses borders he should not be crossing. When it when it gets to like the real like when it when it starts to like sort of showing like brief flashes of all the craziness. <laughs> yeah, and, what like, happens on, like, on the ship? Whoa, what is what? <laughs> it's a Slanesh party. Yeah, the Slanesh. It, it really is a Slanesh <laughs> party. It's insane. It's insane. Uh, um, yeah, that's a great movie. Yeah, yeah, it's it really fun. It's yeah, fun. and then and then of course there are the alien movies, which are fantastic. Yeah, yeah. The first one uh, when the first one came out in 1979. I I didn't see it in the theater. One, nobody would want to go with me. <laughs> Two, I I was actually a little scared of it because yeah. it, 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 it's a haunted. It's basically a ghost story. It's a haunted house. It's, well, you know, it's a yeah, monster yeah. in the haunted house, but it's a spaceship. And again, that was then that Which was, was the whole concept for it. Yeah, and that, and that was the great part about that alien. You, you, at that time, now now it's such a cultural figure that yeah. it's sort of lost a little bit. I think it's lost kind of its power, to be frank, yeah. as, a, as a scary monster. No, we, we've um, all got used to the, whole, the geeker yeah, look. But, coming, but like that coming out in 1979 and having no reference point for something that, that like, looked, weird looking. Yeah. That, that, yeah. Yeah, it shocked us. And that, it just like we like, couldn't imagine something like that, you know, yeah. and how to deal with it. And then, uh, then it was the, the second one, which is just a fun thrill ride. But again, still, it's the, the whole threat of the Tyranids kind of a thing. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then there's really nothing after that. There's <laughs> that no, there's worth not anything, which is not including the new movies. I just yeah, like the first like, three was horrible. Mm. Just, just it just undermined everything that happened in two. And then all the rest were just like just bad attempts at oh, just just uh, in yeah. one and two. That's all you need to know. That's it. That's all. Yeah, really don't watch it. anything else. Great, Super, great, a great Super, horror movie and Superman, a great action. Superman one and two. That's exactly. all you need to know. All right. Yeah. For the, yeah, great horror movie, great action movie. Right. That's great. All right. All right. Let's move on. We got, <laughs> we got real side railed. <laughs> we got totally side railed. That was it's Halloween episode. Uh, okay. Um, so so I'm going to Brooklyn. Yeah. The middle of the week, and um, I'm only going to be there for like three days. Yeah. But then I'm going to go back in to New York um, for a fight. A client's fighting at Madison Square Garden, which sure. is exciting. Um, but I'm there for six days, five nights at least, maybe six nights, a whole week. I know I'm going to be super busy during the day, you know? Your models are crying out for well, you. Well, that's what I'm thinking is... Um, oh, George. Like, George. Uh, yeah, I know. Why, you, why, why you, do you, you leave neglected me unpainted? Me. <laughs> you neglected why? me. It isn't like there aren't uh, games workshop stores in Manhattan. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm yeah, thinking, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking maybe I should just take like a few models and a couple of basic paints. Sure. To work on, you know, like all the metal work on some things at night because I'm going to be busy during the day. Sure. But it'll always be a time at night where, you know, I can just sort of like chill out. And I can't imagine not painting for like a whole week, though. I'm so I've gotten so used to it. Um, I guess you would you have uh, would you bring like a light? Would you bring? Um, you have you, yeah. have you have your little set. You have your I have my setup. setup. I have my setup. So um, I mean, if if you're comfortable working without that, then like then do it. As long I as say. I have good light and um, I, I use a, I, I use a, a fantastic magnifier um, LED round light. Got a round LED magnifier light mm -hmm. on um on that I got on Amazon. Sure. There's cheap versions of this. Sure. That you can get for like I don't know thirty bucks or something. Yeah. And then there's like a high end version that has an LED ring mm -hmm. that with a with a magnifier, mm -hmm. with a really great um, like telescoping arm, sure, 
kind of like what we use, like the boom arms we use for our microphones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They look exactly like it. But yeah. it's really like high end. And it was like 79 bucks. It was more expensive. So worth it. So much worth it. It makes the other ones look like pieces of junk. Right? It's quiet. It moves. It stays where it's supposed to stay. It doesn't look trashy. It doesn't look cheap. Mm-hmm. It looks really nice. The light that it produces is, is great. It's perfect. It's this nice, very white LED glow. Yeah. Um, and the magnifier is nice. And it has a little, little dust cover mm-hmm. on top of the magnifier. So your your magnifier doesn't get all covered in dust. You're going. Yeah. If you like using magnifiers, I would suggest looking for this LED um, light ring light because it's fa- it, it really helps your progress. So here's the other thing I want I to bring up. Um, another tool for, for painters. You're, you're on your butt all, all for hours when you're painting, sure, right? Yeah. And I have a nice office chair. Mm-hmm. It's getting a little old, a little beat up. And I, the cushion's kind of, and the cushion was never great because um, it's an office chair. So it's a little worn now. And you sit on it for, you know, seven yeah. years and it gets worn. So I bought the Simply Purple No Pressure Seat Cushion by Purple on Amazon. It's on Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. It was 55 bucks, okay? It is basically a gel-based seat cushion. Not memory foam, sure. not foam. Yeah. Not horsehair. <laughs> it's okay. made. It's it's made of like some sort of gel. Okay. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. You sit on this thing and you it spreads the weight evenly. It uses actual like little architecture inside of the of the gel to sort of like these supporting like like I don't want to they're like little hexagons or little. Um, I don't know what honeybee things. What do you call them? Uh, um, what do you? What do you? Think? I don't know. There's like an architectural little like uh, way to disperse I kn- pressure. I, I know what you're talking about, and I for some reason little blanking. octagons. What's honeycomb. that? Honeycomb. Honeycomb. Yeah, honeycomb. it's like a honeycomb. It's like a honeycomb. It's like a honeycomb effect, and it spreads your butt pressure over over the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's super comfortable. So if you're sitting painting and you get uncomfortable in your chair, order one of these uh, gel purple gel cushions from uh, from Amazon. We're not, I'm not going to pay to say this. I don't get an affiliate link or anything like that. No. Just go do it because it's it, it it ups your game because it makes you more comfortable in your chair. <laughs> All right. So that that's my that's my uh yeah. tip of the week. Tip of the week. Okay. All right. So that's that's it on hobby progress. Um let's let's move on to uh news and rumors. All right. All right. News and rumors. News and rumors. By now the Eldar Codex is out. Yeah, and we have very much not looked at it. We haven't looked at it, and we don't. So we're not we're not going to comment on it yet. I mean, we'll, we might at some point. We haven't played against Eldar in a while, so yeah. um, so it's out. So if you're an Eldar fan, go get it, and it's necessary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the I like how basically GW is um, kind of standardizing the benefits of of playing particular armies. You know, yeah, like I by see. basically giving every every. Uh, like different factions within a whole army uh, chapter tactics. Yeah, the Chaos Space Marines, you want Legion tactics? Well, everyone gets everyone chapter gets tactics. Right. Everyone gets everyone. it. Everyone. Uh, which, which brings yeah. us to the new Tyranid Codex, yeah. which was just, just announced today. Um, looks yeah. like it's going to be available for pre-order next week. They're doing different like high fleets as their high fleets will be your chapter tactics. Yeah. Different depending on what high yes. fleet you come from, you get different uh, chapter tactics there. So that's cool. Oh, we don't we don't have a Tyranid army. No, no, no. Do, you, I, have, do you have interest in starting a Tyranid uh, army? Yeah, and I'd say so. I have, I have a gene uh, student army or a whole well, like a full Tyranid army. Like a tier, I think a Tyranid force would be really interesting because I, I like I like the sort of uh, they they look very again they're they're very different from. They have a very distinctive feel. 
Yeah. In that, I, no, well, normally I don't go for like that sort of like horde hives type thing. I like I like having uh, armies that have a lot of character, and this feels very much like it's it's it's, it's a freaking uh, swarm. It, it's this it's this massive hive mind. Right. But at the same time. I, I am a sucker for Eldritch Horror alien inspired craziness, and I think that they have a real element of uh, fun. And really, then they I think I think they have cool design. I think they have like this really. Yeah, I, I'm kind of tempted into just getting the Neutered Codex. I don't know if I, it's going to prompt me to get models, but sure. um, I, I think it'd be interesting enough to sort of read the backstory because to me they're a big mystery. I just don't know enough about the Turnids. Well, then that's the and that's another interesting thing is that. Everyone else doesn't either. Like the, every other army has like very little information on this force that just showed up one day. Right, because they don't they don't exactly have record keepers. No, they don't. Right, so everything we know about the Tyranid is because someone else has recorded it. Exactly. Right, and usually <laughs> that's only the survivors. The survivors have like, <laughs> been like, oh, right, those who have was... not been eaten, we who have not been eaten, we who have not recorded the following message. The 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 first like I, I really love the story of of like their first appearance to the Imperium because it's like. The, all of a sudden, they like the Imperials start lo- losing contact with these planets. I'm like, why is this happening? So they right. send like an Inquisitor out, and he finds all these like barren, desolate worlds, and he he's just like, what happened here? That there's all life is gone. The atmosphere has been destroyed. Yeah, and it just like a it's a gray rock, and he finds this uh, like recording left by this Mechanicus. I guess this Mechanicus guy who was on this planet before you know Terrence showed up. And it, it's like he 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 finds he finds out there that there's this, this like horrifying like it's like this sort of you you know hmm. it, it it's like that's it's like speaking of aliens it's like yeah. that scene from uh, in Aliens where you're seeing the control like the little control uh, control vehicle from their perspective what's going on inside the like inside the colony yeah when they're first encountering the aliens and they're all dying and like, oh, everything's going wrong. Right. It's like that. Okay. Ex- except for except for 40K and it's the Tyranids. Right. So they get a sense that something has attacked them and Something has attacked them. them. And yeah. it's like, it threw like static image, like very staticky imagery right. and like, right. oh. Body cam footage. Yeah, body cam footage. Yeah. I it's going, yeah, no, we need to. Yeah, is, I mean, so we, uh, we might get bad. it. Well, we might get it. It's, uh, it's I, for the podcast. For the for podcast. podcast. Research. Research. Tax purposes. deduction. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, um, the other things that are being released, there's a new like small ruin set, like basically line of sight blocking. Yeah. Set. It's okay. I'm trying. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, you can as long as you if you if you've got settled terrain like buildings, you probably have this stuff. But if you just want some simple line of sight blockers, small ones, um, it's there. I like the fact that it's being offered as a choice. Um, <laughs> yeah, they're not—they're not forcing it upon you. The GW is not breaking down. You're <laughs> you going must buy, buy this. this. Well, because they're, they're like—they're like populating. They're like giving you very specialized little things. Like to me, one of the best sort of model releases that sure. they've done in the last six months was the box of skulls. Yeah, that was great. The box that of skulls, like three hundred different types of skulls, humans and yeah, xenos. It's, it's just great because you can always add skulls to you know, anything yeah. to make it better. You can always you can add skulls to pretty <laughs> skulls much skulls and hazard stripes make everything better. Skulls can pretty much fit into nearly any army's aesthetic. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. I, 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 even even like someone right. like you gotta, our Eldar can make use of skulls to right. some extent. Right. You got a Tau guy stepping on a human skull Boom. right there. There we go. Here's a story. There's there's imagery right. <laughs> 
There's, there's a story. There's a, there's a narrative right You're there. probably wondering how I ended up in this spot. <laughs> I, a simple Tau Fire Warrior. <laughs> no, no, I'm talking the about the skull. Oh, the skull. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's like a Sunset Boulevard approach. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Instead of a guy floating in a pool, it's a skull. It's a, it's a skull. You're probably Here's wondering. my story. <laughs> Here's how I ended up here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. Uh, uh, I'm sure that'll be coming out as a Black Library book soon. <laughs> Morty the Skull Morty story. The <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> uh, and I think the most notable new release, that product release from GW, is the uh, Citadel Gripper tool. Sure, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, they're yeah, releasing yeah, yeah. A, a Gripper tool. Basically, it's a tool where you can affix your model yeah. To this thing that looks like a like a little handle, like a little gripper handle. Sure, yeah. That's like ergonomic. It's like it's made by OXO, like the Oxo. kitchen, like, like the kitchen <laughs> yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah. and it has like little screws so that you can actually, you know, uh, I guess it accommodates different types of widths of bases. Sure. Um, and that way you can hold the model from different perspectives, not just from the base itself. If you're working on things that require a little more dexterity, it's kind of dumb, <laughs> in the sense that. <laughs> You know, you can. All you need is some like uh, little tacky clay, yeah, and uh, like a little shot glass and, or, and, and you, or a piece of cork, and you can simulate you, the same effect. Basically, you can get the same effect. What people have been doing it for years. Yeah, but it's it's also kind of kind of neat, and I kind of I kind of want it. There's. I don't know how much it's gonna cost. I'm but, sure but, it's like twenty five bucks for this little plastic. But you just said you can just replicate that effect. Why would you need to? Yeah, I already have like the, like, tacky, yeah, you, the tacky clay. You don't. You don't need. You, I use like a, I use like a shot glass and a tacky, exactly. tacky clay, and then works, I, I put something on there. Works the same. It works the same. Works it the works same. the same. I, I I don't know. It just they standardized it. They stand. They yeah. they they found the STC for the uh, yes. <laughs> the gripper the handle. They finally found it. Yeah, I'll, I'll be curious to see what it, what the price point is for this tool. Yeah, handy. Uh, you know, it's it's kind of like. Tempting at a certain price point, and then it's ridiculous at another. So, all right. like everything in life. Like everything. Yeah. Okay. Um, right. Are we done with that? It appears so. Okay, so we're done with uh, we're done with news and rumors for now. All right, so um, let's get into our, our kind of our main topic. Yeah. Okay, so today's main topic is really about uh, hobby guilt. <laughs> hobby guilt. Now, now I wonder, what what do you mean, George? George, they're asking. <laughs> What, what do you mean, what do you mean by, by hobby, hobby guilt? guilt? All right. We're all feeling guilty. I know. <laughs> and you know what? You deserve to feel guilty. I'm talking to you, podcast listener. Mostly, we, we know what you did. Yeah. We, <laughs> we're coming over right now. No, I'm talking about the guilt that comes with basically um, unfinished projects. Sure. All right. The guilt that comes with staring at a shelf yeah. full of shrink-wrapped boxes yep. of 40K models, mm-hmm. right? And then you stare, and then you look at another shelf, or your desk, and you see a sea of gray plastic models that have been built, mm-hmm. but that's it. And then you look over on the other side, and then you see some with, you know, that have been primed, and they've got some paint on them. Sure. Right? And then you look at another pile, and there's stuff that needs to get repaired. Yeah, no, that's just, that's nightmare. Right? Right? Yeah, you got it. And then you're staring at your computer screen, Ooh. and you're on the GW website and you're already and you're, you're ordering already, you're already new putting things. In you're stuff ordering, in the yeah, cart yeah you're putting stuff in the cart so i'm talking about the guilt that comes with all of these things and i'm i feel guilty all right so i've got i've got 
I've got Time all for of, a list of George's sins. He, he pretty much. <laughs> my, this is my confessional. I have um, I have a Lehman Rust that I literally have had for I don't know three years since yeah. basically since we've been playing the hobby. Yeah. Unopened, shrink wrapped. Yeah. Right. Sure. Only recently, when you thought you needed a vendetta, did we open a um, oh yeah yeah, yeah. a Valkyrie box like that had been sitting on the shelf for two years. Yeah. Right. And I two actually had years. two years, and I two actually, ye- oh I actually had a third Valkyrie, what, sitting in a box. But uh, I was so, um, I was so, I felt so guilty about the fact that I hadn't even built the that you had to build a second one after two years that I ended up going on eBay and selling the third one because <laughs> I wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna build it, and it just sitting there like you know. So I, I sold it and you know made somebody happy. But I do have shrink wrap stuff like there's a land. I have a Land Raider. Right? Yeah, yeah. I have a hellhound. Oh my god. Yeah, I have. I can't tell you how many sprues of uh, Mark IV Space Marines I've got. We need. Yeah. No, okay. I'm not talking about bit boxes stuff because I I have tons of bit boxes with all these little you know little parts here and there, but just like sprues, whole sprues of Space Marines that I have not been built because I had an idea that I wanted to make a Mark IV Blood Angels army. Right, that has not come. Yeah, I haven't even shared that with you. But the, really, there you go. Really. Yeah, I have no idea about that. Right, um, right. Um, I have. I so I've all of this, either gray plastic or sure. unopened boxes, and it's just making me feel guilty. Yeah. And then I've got like sitting on my shelf. I have all these pox walkers, you know, mm-hmm. that are in gray plastic. I've got your chaos bikers that yep. are sitting there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I have yeah. un unfinished and unpainted uh, Death Guard Marines. Yeah. Right, plus the uh, thousand suns that I haven't done yet. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah I haven't yeah, finished yeah. them. I have yeah. a lot of those. There's a lot of those. Those are like, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I bear the guilt of so much plastic. <laughs> right, sure, and, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, and then it's it's magnified whenever GW releases something new, and then you buy it, and then I think, oh, I gotta have that. I got, I got need that. I gotta have. I absolutely have to have that. I don't have enough. I need more. Right, and then you, and then we end up buying like these big box sets, like Dark Imperium, right? Yeah. Or Shadow War Armageddon. Now, I bought Shadow War for the terrain, to be honest. <laughs> sure. Right. As yeah. a game, eh, we've played a couple games. It's like eh, it's it, been it's overshadowed really, by Eighth. You know, you really no one's, it, no one's playing Shadow War no anymore. No one's playing Shadow War. <laughs> if you are, email us. <laughs> we'll, we'll give you a we'll, shout we'll out. We'll send you help. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll send you the Eighth Edition link to the Eighth Edition rules. But the new box sets come out, and I get all excited about that. Sure. You know, and I keep like I bought the Triumvirate of the Imperium. I had to get yeah. Celestine. Right, she's seen battle a couple times. Um, I keep getting the shiny new object keeps coming out, and I keep getting excited about it, and I keep I keep getting that. So yeah. so there's the guilt. You had a, you suggested something before we went on on air, and that is to make a rule, and that is to say you're not allowed to buy anything new until you finish what you have. Yeah, that is unlivable. That rule is un. Just <laughs> I cannot commit to that. <laughs> yeah, I try. You have no self control. Not enough. It's it, it's plastic cocaine. <laughs> It's plastic crack. Everyone calls plastic it plastic crack. crack. Plastic, it's crack. plastic crack. Yeah, and and then you like Gotta give in. I'm like, oh yeah, all right. I just give it this once. <laughs> I just give it this, give it once. You, you know, as long as you're making progress, I think mm-hmm. you allay the guilt, right? Yeah. As long as you you you're constantly producing, then I think it's okay for you to have uh you know an assembly line of things in various stages, including sure. shrink wrap boxes. Sure. But the problem has been lately for me. Mm-hmm. Is that I've been so busy with work that that 
assembly line has come to a crawl. And so mm-hmm. now I have all now that stuff is staring at me, you know, demanding my attention like a needy pet. <laughs> right? Man, it really is like a like a, like a crack. Wait, no, it, it it totally is. It really it, is like you're constantly needing a, a new fix. Uh, yes, you you, you yeah, feel you, you feel you, really guilty about it, yet you just keep coming back for more. Uh, yeah, yeah, pretty much. So, well, yeah, whenever GW releases a new codex or a new model, you're like, how can I incorporate that into my existing army? Well, how do how do I get that? What you know? Yeah. Like, I wasn't planning on getting a Death Guard army, <laughs> not at all. No. But then yeah. Dark Imperium came out, and they had, ooh, they came with uh, Primaris Marines. We don't have those. No. And boy, those Death Guard models sure are cool looking. <laughs> Yeah, let's get that. And it yeah. comes with a rule book, the new rule book. Awesome. Wow. Yeah. How do you say no to that? How do you say no? <laughs> I don't know. How do you say no to that? Well, we didn't. We said yes. Yeah, we said yeah. Yeah. And uh, so in the Dark Imperium box, I built the uh, I built one the inter- the inceptors, the little telephone. Yeah, and that's, it, and that's it. And that's it. I have not built any of the Primaris Marines. Yeah. No. So they're sitting there. They're sitting there. Right. I've got the thirtieth anniversary. A space marine the one with the death ray just yeah. sitting there in the original box yeah we, we we've like we've talked we've actively had discussions about what do we do with that marine yeah cause we, there's rules for it and i do want to feel that guy but i but i'm like also paralyzed i'm like is he an iron hand is he a blood angel what is he well, yeah what, what, you know? what's it what's his deal what's yeah, his story what's his story Morty the Skull. Like, Morty, it's what? like Morty the Skull. Oh, He's yeah. Morty the Maybe he is Morty the Skull. <laughs> Maybe. I was the 30th anniversary Space Marine before. <laughs> I was wrongly fielded and killed it, by it, bad generalship. You know you know that you know that image of the Crimson Fist fighting the orcs in that like first box yeah. of Space Marines? Yeah. Guess where that guy ended up? <laughs> <laughs> he at the bottom of that pile. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. As as the skull beneath the towel foot. Oh. <laughs> right. So yes, yeah, so, so there's. I think there's guilt, and, and I think the answer to that is to one. It's like it's like credit card debt. First thing you got to do is cut the, cut up the credit cards, right? Sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then going off the grid and commit to not to not doing it. Sure. I honestly don't think that's realistic for a lot of people because we're so excited about the hobby and yeah. and just so many cool things. But I think that if you like, if you actually, you know, one, make progress. Mm-hmm. I, the people at the independent characters have a good, you know, an, like an hour and night ethos. Or just hobby an hour a night. That's all it takes, mm. right? Not a, not a huge kind of time commitment, but you definitely make progress. So that's going to allay your guilt. Mm-hmm. And then two, just limit your purchases so that you don't buy everything. You you can buy a couple like one or two things every once in a while. And as, and as long as that's happening, I think you're going to feel better. It's yeah. so it's when you make like the, these big buys and then that stuff just sits on a shelf for years. Sure. I have Forge World stuff that I haven't built. Oh yeah, you do. I have a Yavara. Battle suit and that I haven't built. Haven't put together. I have a whole like uh, line of uh, Death Corps of Creed guys that I because they're awesome models. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I keep wanting to, but I haven't had time. How do you live with yourself? I don't. <laughs> I watch horror movies, so I forget. I forget the pain of real life. <laughs> okay. good, I, good, I medicate good, with horror movies. Good callback. Yeah, thanks. So I don't know. How do you guys deal with? Um, with hobby guilt do you first of all is this kind of like a weird catholic thing that i am experiencing <laughs> is this some sort of like bizarre santa monica guilt thing i don't know santa um, monica I'm, I'm looking for an answer i don't know is it just me or is it possibly that that we all feel this Audience, I, I, why don't you tell us 
Yeah, let us know. Let us know. You can Via email us at emails. The Eye of Terror podcast at gmail.com and um, we will address this issue. So, um, yeah. So anyway, uh, it's a, I think it's a real thing. And I think that um, as long as that you're able to control it, uh, you're, you know, control it a little bit. Sure. You're, you're not going to suffer too much from it. It's not paralyzing guilt because, you know, I'm able to live my life. Yeah. yeah. But still... I think it, it detracts from from the enjoyment to basically know that you have all this stuff that's just sitting there. It feels like 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 you've got like a like a like a secret double life of like spending money where you shouldn't be spending money. Yeah. Right. Because all the money that you spend on Warhammer, they're just sitting on a shelf. Yeah. If you like, if you bought Apple stock, oh my God, you'd be doing so much better. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the hundreds yeah. of dollars that is sitting on your shelf doing nothing. Yeah, if it's doing something, then you're getting enjoyment out of it. But there is no return on your investment for those gray plastic. There models. is no return. There is a there's there's what economists call psychic income. You can get psychic income, basically feeling good about something, right? Yeah, right. It's, it, not, it's, it, it's, that's it's not an It's not like a financial value, but there's definitely an economic value in that you feel good about it. It's not. It's not Professor Xavier shooting you money through his mind. <laughs> that, that would be great. Psych, psychic income. It's, it's like, what did you say? It's like, no. No? It's not nothing like that at all. Professor Xavier just Look like it up. shooting Go- you mind money? Google, Google psychic income. Mind It's an economic money. theory. All right. That's what they should call it, mind money. Mind money. I would have called it no, mind we're, money. No, we're going mind off into money. some weird tangent. Let's not go there. Let's not go there. Okay. So that's all I wanted to say about, uh, about Hobby Guild. I think I have it. I expect that some of you guys might have it as well. Um, just control it. Just, get, yeah, get just, get your returns, man. Get your returns it, on that it, mind if money. If you if you if you build it, if you paint it, then you're gonna feel less guilty. Yep. I think that it comes down to that. Well, okay. All right. All right. All right. So let's take a break. Yep. Take a break. When we come back, we're gonna talk about our battle report, in which um, the forces of Alpharius Alpharius <laughs> face the Raven Guard. I should have been in, like Orson Welles. <laughs> Orson Welles was Alpharius. He could that, have been. That, that, that <laughs> he, could have, he could have been. Okay, we'll be right back. Okay, we're back. Why don't you go over your army? You were fielding um, Team Alpha Legion. Team Alpha. This is a uh, 1,500 points game we did. You were, field, you were fielding what, Iron Warriors? No, I had, uh, I no, had Raven, Guard. Raven Guard. You were bringing out Raven Guard. Raven Guard. And I brought out the Alpha Legion. So okay. my army was a... Oh, and, and, and something we should mention. This, the rule we set for this before we started playing. Was oh, yes. That, yes. Yeah, yeah. This, was is, that we, this is important. This is important. We were going to use models that we didn't usually bring out. Yeah. Uh, units that we didn't usually bring out. Uh, just to get a, to get them on the field, because they haven't seen action in a while. And, and B, to, C. And C. to a leg hobby guild. LA hobby guild. <laughs> and and yeah. C, just test, test stuff out. See test me. stuff out. Cause, yeah, because there's a lot of new rules and a lot of the way models are performing are totally different in 8th yeah. edition than they were in 7th edition. Got to test stuff out. Yeah. So that's what we did. All right. So I, as you mentioned, I brought an Alpha Legion army with 
a Chaos Ward with a Jump Pack and two Lightning Claws, a Dark Apostle with a Plasma Pistol, Sorcerer on a Bike, uh, who had a Warp Time and Infernal Gaze as his powers, Four, uh, three squads of Chaos Space Marines with Laz Cannons and Icons of Vengeance, one squad of Chaos Cultists literally to fill out points, one squad of Possessed with an Icon of Vengeance, one squad of Chaos Bikers uh, with three Meltas, uh, one squad of Warp Talons, one Mauer Fiend, a Helldrake, and a Rhino to put my Possessed in. Okay. Pretty good. All right. Um, what was the unit that you normally wouldn't take? The unit? Um, or a model that you normally wouldn't wouldn't use? A, a few. Well, there were a few. I, I haven't used a Morphine in quite some time. Yep. Uh, so I need to bring him out for something. Yeah. I haven't used Warp Talons that often. Uh, I don't know. They just don't seem very survivable. So so I brought them and I don't really I don't normally go for I usually go for the Chaos Lord with Terminator armor. Right. So jump pack was different. I have I have I made this weird model with like wings and had like a demon face and had like two lightning claws a while back. So I figured okay, that's Chaos Lord with uh You look good. Yeah, he's he, got like the he big o- impressive. He's got big oversized Terminator hands. Yeah. But yeah, no. It's been a while since I've played with him, so all right, I decided to uh, to use Raven Guard. I, I've been toying with the idea of starting a Raven Guard army, and I wanted sure. to play with the rules and see how whether they made any difference. the The rule for Raven Guard is that your opponent must subtract one from any two hit rolls when shooting at Raven Guard units with uh, their chapter tactic if they are more than twelve inches away. Okay, mm-hmm. so yeah, so same thing for Alpha Legion. Oh, see, yeah. So it's funny. Yeah. yeah, they both have the same rule. So my army was uh, Cave and Shrike, who's their sort of chapter master. And then um, I had a librarian with the fourth stave, a jump pack, and a plasma pistol. My troops were one scout squad with camo uh, cloaks and sniper rifles. And then I had two tactical, two five-man tactical squads, one with the last scan and one with uh, a missile launcher. I had a big Vanguard veteran squad. Five of them had uh, lightning claws and jump packs. And uh, three of them had uh, plasma pistols and chainswords. Um, that way I can combine the, uh, get a little shootiness mm-hmm. with my attackiness. Yeah. Okay. I had an assault squad that had a sergeant with a plasma pistol and then one Marine with a flamer. And then my heavy support, I had a predator with an auto cannon and heavy bolt response ons, and then a whirlwind, uh, as well. Um, I had a flyer, the Stormhawk interceptor. Yep. And uh, I had a, I brought a Contemptor Mortis Dreadnought with two Kiri's Assault Cannons. Okay, so my my oddball choice, I, I haven't really fielded a Whirlwind hardly, maybe once in three or four years, right? So yeah. I thought, okay, I'll bring the Whirlwind. I haven't, I haven't played with that in a long time. And then when I when I play with a pre- Predators are back, right? Because they're cool. And yeah, they're they, cool. They have a lot of wounds and they do a lot of damage. But the, everyone is defaulting the, to the Laz Predator. Yeah, the, the four Laz cannon. The four Laz. That's just like a horror, just a terrible, you know, <laughs> gun platform that just wrecked house. Yeah. Um, I decided to field it with an auto cannon. <gasps> yeah. yeah, and heavy bolters. Cheaper and, and mostly because I just hadn't used that model you know that version in that version an assault squad with a flamer like that was that was to me being um thematic i figured raven guard would have assault squads 
Yeah, sure. You know, jump packy type jump, things. Yeah, they, they do that. So that was my thinking there. My my only uh, sort of nod to being competitive at all was bringing the Contemptor Mortis Dreadnought because he's got those two assault cannons, which is like 12 shots. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. so that thing just shreds things. That does, that thing does shred things. Yeah. A two-up, I believe? Yeah, with a two-up ballistic skill Ooh. to begin with. So Ooh. it was, uh, it, it's pretty mean. So that, that was my 1,500 points on the nose. And then I my power level was something like 93 power level. What was your power level? Oh, way lower. It was, uh, let me check. It was 70-something, I know that. Yeah. It was, oh, wow, it, 78. 78. 78. What, a, what a difference there. It was, it's weird because I had a 1497. What, how many points do you have? Uh, I had 1,500 points. The, the just the contemptor by himself, the contemptor dreadnought was nine power level just by himself. So I'm, I I'm think start, that I'm starting to think there's a big disparity between. Uh, the, 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 it's weird. We've come across moments where it's like really close. The yeah, power level and then sometimes sometimes we're like really far apart. Yeah, it's weird. Like this was far apart. I don't, I don't know. Maybe, yeah. I have to, maybe I have to tweak that. But right. anyway, so to further uh, in play, interestingly, we decided to play again the open war cards. Oh, this is okay. This is a really fun moment. Well, part of the reason we decided to do, uh, you decided to do Raven Guard because you wanted to test out. This, I wanted like, to test 12, out their chapter tactic. Their chapter tactic, yeah. the twelve inch thing, hide in the shadows. Because everyone thing. had been going on like when it was when when they were teasing up to that, yeah. and that had been like released. Everyone was like, "Wow, that could be really powerful." Uh, so we wanted to give it a test run, and I decided, oh, I'll do the same thing. So we're using the open war cards, right? We pull out like a, a, a slightly wonky uh, deployment card, but nothing crazy. It's like it's a table, it's table, table, table quarters. The table quarters with like a, an area in the center, like a circular area in the center. But it was basically four table quarters, and then you picked on opposite qu- yeah. corners, right? So, yeah, it was, yeah, it was like yeah, like a two by two, you know, place to deploy. They were wacky, but not nothing. Nothing crazy. crazy. Nothing, nothing really too crazy. crazy. So deployment was like okay, interesting, but not not insane. The uh, the objective. So the objective was kind of weird. It was something really we hadn't done before called the comet, uh, where basically a turn on the beginning of turn three, the, the uh, objective basically would drop from the sky onto one of either one of four quarter uh, quarters of the table or the center of the table. Right, and there was a roll-off between the players to see who got to place the objective. Who got to place the objective as close to the center of that of that uh, designated uh, area as possible. Yes, yes. So, so, so basically, all of the other parameters for winning, you know, line breaker and slay the yeah, warlord, you ha- first blood, out the window. Because you all, because all that matters <laughs> is that objective. Because if you hold that, it literally says if you hold this objective, you win. It's not, it's not point value. It's just you win if you hold this objective right. by the end of turn five. Right. So. <laughs> um, okay, so so that was the objective, which, the is, objective. which is like, okay, this is fun. This, this is fun. This is gonna be funny. Um, All right, then, then came the, the twist. The twist, and oh boy, the boy, twist. did we get a good twist? What was it was called like the dead of night or something. Dead of night, where basically all shooting and psychic attacks are limited to twelve inches. <laughs> insane. insane okay so you have two armies where ba- the rules are basically you have your opponent has to subtract one from their two hit rolls if they're, they're targeted more than 12 inches away don't so, have to worry about so that out, at all. out the window out the window the whole chapter tactic is now out the window it, it's not applicable in this case because you can only shoot 12 inches because it's so dark yeah it's in, it, right. it was every, every, starting with turn two uh, the player at the beginning um, would roll a dice and it was a four up you could add six inches to the range, that's six <laughs> but inches. that was that, that was, was as far it. as you go. That's as far as you go. Um, 
this is the, the, so this that is, was quite a twist. The open okay. So the open we got to talk about the open war cards because yeah, they've been great. Oh, they're, they're great. Too, they're too far. Yeah, they're and so it, great. And it's and it's even better if you have them. Don't look at them. Yeah, yeah, right. Because that way you you, you, you have, have no, no idea, idea what's what, coming. You have no idea. I I I'm not specifically not looked at the open war cards. I've not shuffled yeah. through them at all because. I want to be kept in, com- in completely in the dark about what can happen to my game, <laughs> yeah. and how yeah. and how these cards can just ruin my day or make it so much better. Right. It, um, because you had lower point value uh, power level, you got the ruse, the and ruse. you drew the same one I did last time, you, which yeah. is the tactical reserves. Tactical reserves. Bring back a whole unit back from, from the, the dead. dead. You know, at any time, as long as it's like six inches from a table. A, or something. a little more justifiable, but. Even then, yeah. kind of ridiculous. Kind of ridiculous you get to bring back a whole unit. From the dead. Without know. any point limit or anything. And, and it doesn't say like a specific, oh, if you're this amount power level over the other player, then you get a twist. Yeah. Then you get like a last, last time it was I was one point. You were one under. point, and you got to bring a unit back from the dead for one power level point. point. Yeah. It, it, that's insane. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it it immediately sized up to be a very interesting game. Yeah, cuz we had no idea where this was going to go. Our, our whole tactical advantage for our chapter tactics were just out the window because of the dead of the night thing. Units like like, like the whirlwind which has a 72-inch range and can and basically doesn't can, can target non-visible units. Suddenly that's, that, 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 doesn't, yeah, that doesn't matter anymore because well, you can't you can't, can't do anything. anything. You can't, can't see anything. anything. It's, it's too dark. It's too dark, man. Yeah, so so that one really threw us for a loop. Suddenly, it felt like okay, we're just gonna have to salt each other. It's <laughs> just gonna, gonna run at each other. <laughs> yeah. So um, we rolled off, and uh, you you actually had less units, so you got to go first, and I did not seize. So what happened in that in that first turn? I just I just spread out to the different quadrants, and yeah. it was it was so weird because as with that that twist changed up the entirety of how we played this game completely. Entire yeah, it it was just. I've it, it was so weird not having to worry about getting shot at from long distance. It was so I could just put people out in the open, a lot I could put a lot of folks out in the open and they'd be fine because I didn't have to worry for quite some. I I didn't have to worry till basically maybe around like if every roll if every four plus roll happened, turn four or three or something like that. I didn't have to worry about long range weaponry until then, so it was very strange. But yeah, I, I I just did general advance uh, of my army to the four quadrants to get them to cover my bases as quickly as possible. Right. Although I did forget a critical detail, which I will mention later, later on. So I when I deployed, I, I knew that I was hampered by the 12-inch range limit. Yeah. So I decided to create little kill zones. Mm. I basically positioned my space marines um, and my snipers all to basically, there was like a corridor that you get marching troops into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I created a little kill zone that, with a 12-inch reach. Sure. Um, and that was my thinking is like, okay, I'm not going to... He's probably going to come to me, and if he comes to me, um, I, since I don't have range, I may as well try to have as many units as possible shoot into this one area. I put the whirlwind and I, the snipers and the space marines all in this like little circle of sure. death yeah. so that they could shoot. And it kind of worked. I mean, with, with some, it had some pretty good success. For a while, uh, for a for, while, for a while. Yeah, it, I mean, I I, th- I think with um, certain at certain points, better rolls could have killed could have killed the little kill zone. 
Yeah, I think, I think oh, we both suffered from bad roles in this. We game. both suffered from bad roles and yeah. some bad roles. So in, in your first turn, you you actually manifested or you uh, deep struck in the your warp, warp, the talent, warp talents. The warp uh, talents, and then they demonstrate, and then you demonstrated precisely why I never take warp talents. Right. Uh, actually, <laughs> in in favor right. of terminators because they don't have any long range weaponry. At they don't all. have any long range weaponry, so they can't do anything that first turn. Really, I mean, yeah, sure, you can charge. But it's a nine-inch nine inch charge. charge. It's still unlikely. Yeah. Uh, with Terminators, you get a guaranteed return immediately as long as right. you put, like, combi melts on it. And they can just, oh, that tank's there? Now it's not. Um, but, yeah, with these guys, they just kind of have to stand around and probably just get shot. Yeah. And that's what they did. And they all died. Yeah. Yeah. They died really in, my, in my first turn. I in killed them all. In your first turn. Uh, my, my Mortis Dreadnought just kind of shot them to pieces, and then I had some assault. Uh, I basically uh, brought in my assault teams behind them, and the assault teams also helped kill them. Oh, but then I made a horrible oh, mistake. Oh, you did something great. You did something real uh, my, good. Yeah, I kind of play this, uh, I kind of RPG to role-play the <laughs> <laughs> the Contemptor. Sure. So he saw there was a Chaos, your Chaos Lord come in with the Warp Talent, so I thought... You know what? This 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 dreadnought has got a history with this chaos lord. He's just gonna go, he's gonna shoot at he's gonna kill his uh his you know elite bodyguard and then go after him. So I decided to assault with the yeah you know assault cannon bearing yes. contemptor. Yeah. What a bad idea that was. <laughs> Contemptors aren't. I mean they're okay, but without close without, combat weapons like a power fist or yeah, something. Yeah, without something they couldn't. They, you can't. You're just relying on a strength, normal strength six attack. And and, and this is and this is a part of the demonstration. Eighth edition really is a whole new world. Seventh edition, warped, warped, the that warlord would never have been able to touch that dreadnought. Yeah, that, but, I I would have scratched the paint maybe. Right. Uh, now, however, yeah, I have what with. I have five attacks yeah. uh, with the death to the false emperor rule. Sixes get me extra. Sixes to hit get me extra attacks. I have rerolled to wound, and I'm wounding on a five plus. And since you have an armor save, my AP my AP value means something to a vehicle now. My AP value means something to a vehicle. So now you're saving wounds at a five up. Right. So you know what uh, the clash between the uh, Chaos Lord and the Dreadnought. Yeah. You didn't really wound me. You put one wound on me because I made a lot of saves. No, uh, I put actually like I think by the end of it I put like I, how many? No, you, end, you ended it. You went. I know you ended. Well, what? It. No, what? I think it was a it was dumb for me. I made a lot of saving rolls. I, I I remember it had just one wound on it. But what it prevented me from doing was to shoot. It's assault cannon. It's twelve shots. I couldn't because I knew that I wasn't going to win this assault once I was in it, right? You so were, then, so what I did is I noped out of it. I I, I I fell back. You you ended you ended the game. You ended the game with that thing that with six wounds left. What yeah. else? What else? I don't know. Nothing. Some, I'm pretty sure the chaos lord did was that. The chaos damage. lord. Yeah, because okay. you were saving at five ups, and I was making pretty good rolls. Yeah, maybe. But it, but more more importantly for me, I I had a, I lost the ability to use those assault cannons. Yeah, and those assault cannons can make units disappear. So uh, I, so that was dumb on my part. Don't uh, don't send an assault cannon bearing dreadnought yeah. into assault. A chaos war doing anything in that in that combat in seventh edition would have been unheard of. Y right, that would have been ridiculous. But now this guy's hitting on twos. Right, and he he's has a minus two with his lightning claws, and, and sure, and sure, he's wounding on fives, but he's got rerolls, and oh, yeah, and those, those wounds he does hit, yeah. you have that to make a five up to save. That yeah. is, that is, it's a whole new world. Yeah. 
So, so yeah, so that was a mistake on my part. Yeah. But, but like I said, I, I, I kind of want to be a little thematic, and I'm like, oh, he hates that chaos lord. Sure, that sure. chaos lord must die. He will die no, to it, a robotic it, punch. No, it, it really is a move I would have done. It, it's, yeah. it's fun. It's fun. Yeah, it's but fun. It, it, it didn't work. Um, so uh, turn two rolls around. Okay, what happened in turn two? Your work talents are gone. Yeah, Your my chaos lord is now in a fight with uh, Dreadnought. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. Turn two rolls around, and... Your Mauler fiend. I, yeah, my Mauler fiend. He he finally does some things, but I, I, I okay. The Mauler fiend. If you roll, if you roll pretty, if you roll decently, even I'd say, you can do you can do a lot of damage with him. You can do a lot of damage with him. However, I rolled below the not like completely abysmal, but very it was subpar. I think I think the rolling for the Amar Fiend was subpar. It attacked your predator, I believe, and ended up by the end by the end of the game. It only ended up like doing uh, reducing your guy down to, to two wounds. Two wounds. Yeah. Reasonably, it should have been able to. It should kill. have finished it off. It should have been able to kill the predator. Yeah, you did. It, the Amar Fiend also did kill a couple of Space Marines. It killed. Um, it. Yeah, exactly. A couple too. Yeah, it killed two Space Marines <laughs> it and it reduced my predator by eight wounds. Not enough to justify its points. Not enough to justify its points. Because that was bad rolling on your part. I yeah, I'd say. Yeah. Um, I I'd probably still I'd probably still use that unit again. Uh, yeah, because you suffered from bad rolls. I suffered from bad rolls in that situation. Because it's so, scary. Um, it moves. It moves ten inches, and it comes out. It has a like an eight inch reach on its tendrils or whatever that six uh, inch reach. Six on, inch reach on on, on, on its uh, magma cutters. Magma cutters. Yeah, and those things when they do hit, they hit hard. They're they're like they're like meltas. Yeah, they're like sort of slightly lesser meltas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, that was useful. Um, really, most and uh, my I own my uh, possessed uh, box, my possessed rhino with a dark apostle moved up a little bit. Yeah, and then your Heldra came in and and I think you roasted a marine. Oh yeah. Oh, I almost I completely forgot. Yeah. I assaulted your uh, I assaulted your stormhawk interceptor with my with my yes. Yes. So that was a real cinematic moment. So yeah. basically, my stormhawk is flying through the air and it's telling this demon engine just. Yeah grips onto it with its claws and starts it, yeah. ripping into it right you actually did damage to it i think i did damage to it no that was uh if 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 seventh if eighth edition rules for falling back didn't exist that stormhawk would have been a gunner yeah because it, it, it hits on sixes in in assault in aerial assault, <laughs> in aerial assault. In aerial. and you were hitting on threes in assault or something yeah, I was hitting on threes in assault. Yeah, I had I, the the Hell Drake has close combat. Those claws has, are now considered yeah. close combat weapons. They're yeah. like AP minus two and right. like D three or three damage or something ridiculous. Yeah. Um. So no, yeah, that it, that the Hell Drake is a pretty decent assaulter. Uh, as it turned out, yes. Yeah. So I mean that that was a real fun moment of that really sort of highlights the sort of fun uh, I think of Eighth Edition. Yeah. Um. I, I guess I guess my only complaint in terms of assault is that you can back out. Uh, I think yeah. that sort of diminishes the effectiveness. Of it's assault. a hefty price you pay because then you can't shoot if you back out. It's it's a it's a hefty it's a hefty price. Um, at, at the same time, I just I don't know. There's just there's so, just so little. Um, there was so little effectiveness uh, yeah. for assault in Seventh Edition that I get very like defensive about yeah. assault. I don't know. So but, so yeah. Um, yeah I don't not much happened I and for my second turn I basically um, backed out of assault with the contemptor sure. backed out of assault with the stormhawk interceptor and you backed out of assault, assault with a predator with the predator so yeah. three of my units can't shoot now because they were in 
ill-conceived assaults. And, and yeah, and I, I, I think I ended up putting some more, uh, the assault marines ended up uh, putting some more, they ended up assaulting your uh, Chaos Lord and putting some wounds on him, but they got reduced to yeah. basically the sergeant because he he's pretty good in assault, <laughs> yeah, he's pretty good. as it turned out. All uh, right, turn three rolls turn, around. Turn three rolls around. Uh, now now is the comet is the com- falling. The comet falls. Uh, you and the roll off. It's in the center. And you have a, and you had a great idea that I should have thought of and I didn't. And I, yes. And I just... It, re- it really annoys me that I did not think of this. Yes. I should have thought of this. So I placed I the didn't. objective. The yeah. objective was placed in the center of... Literally in the center of the table. But the, we have a giant cathedral yeah. in a line of sight blocking... Terrain building and, and really, you could and really, you could argue that either the top of that cathedral or the like bottom four are could be the center. But there was yeah, it just said put it somewhere in the center. Yeah, so I, put I it, literally put it in the center, which was an eye having a bunch of jump track jump pack marines in reserve in reserve. Put it on the top floor. Yeah, and I can't. I cannot believe I did not think so of using you, them for that purpose. If I had just and I had specifically kept my warlord came and shrike. Yeah. Plus um, the uh, all my vanguard, right, and my librarian with a jump yeah. pack. I kept them in reserve specifically for the moment that the objective fell from the sky. I was too wrapped up in the in the wackiness of in, the rules yeah. to, to to think about like how best to deal with the new scenario. If I had thought about it for like more than five, like if I had thought about it for just yeah. a little bit longer, I probably could have been like, oh, I should, I should do this. Well, there's a tendency, but, like when you have uh, deep striking reserves, you know, that yeah. you can field nine inches from your opponent just, to just, bring them out quickly yeah, because out quickly. So you can maximize their value. But that, I mean, you have to hold back your assets for the right time. And this, I, this I knew was, that it was made no sense for me. There was no high value targets out there for me to assault yeah. with my, you know, my Vanguard vets. So I thought I'm just gonna wait for the thing to salt to drop, and then I'm gonna go make a play for that. However, yes. How, however, 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 you had a good counter. There is this. one thing that you did not think of <laughs> yeah, that I was able to. That's pull, correct. I did not think of this. I, that I was able to pull out, and I real I, I like did my usual thing. I'll, I'll do this thing when we're playing while I just stare with my usually my like. I'll put my like uh, chin in my hands and I'll just like stare at the table. Yeah, it goes on for like ten minutes at for, a time. <laughs> yeah, for yeah. All for an extended period, and then I'll just be. That's just my brain like processing. Like, uh, what are those old computers that make the <laughs> the clicking sound? Yeah, that's that's my yeah, brain. With actual level. like mechanical relays. Yeah, that when like the yeah. when those like old computers start up. It's yeah. like yeah, um, and I was oh, what am I thinking? I have a flying. 30-inch moving Helldrake that I can just float up there. Yep. And, and not only that, but the base kind of like takes up all the room. Oh, it, take, it took up like a vast majority. You could not fit it. I could. I, I could. No, I couldn't put a whole. I could put like one. Like my, my warlord up there, or maybe my librarian up there. But yeah, but you could I, not put I, a whole unit. I, I couldn't put all my vanguard vets up there. So he just. So he gets up there and is able to muscle everyone out. Yeah. And yeah, I was. That was good. Heldrake has taken the objective and he was sat up there. And yeah. so then my job, um, there was some more skirmishing going on, but nothing of think note happened in that third round. But my guys uh, came in, my Vanguard vets came in, and they positioned themselves uh, underneath the Heldrake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they proceeded to um, uh, smite him with the librarian powers. Whole, again, whole new world. A squad of what vanguard of vanguard with like bolt small arms fire does can do significant damage no, to a vehicle. I mean, I mean, not always. And there was some bad rolling on my part as well. Yeah, 
still though again super like yeah because, unheard of so, okay we're dealing with a limited range of the open war cards Right, so I couldn't bring the bear a lot of my weaponry. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I had Space Marines um, with w that were in rapid fire range. Yeah. So, so a combination of bolters and some plasma pistols yeah. from my Vanguard vets pretty much uh, killed the the Helldrake that turn. Everything dies super quickly. Everything version. dies super quickly. Everything dies super quickly. You yeah, every anything can kill anything. Uh, yeah, no, it that that turn with a combination of fire, it was brought down. It was brought down. The initial moment of shock on your face was fantastic because right after I have I had this like blank expression throughout that. I was just like, because in the back of my head, I, I know there's something and I'm pretty sure you forgot about it. And I was right. I go I go over to like the little glass table we have next to the our, our playing table. I pick up a card and I just present it to you. Tactical reserves. Tactical reserve, and you go no. no. <laughs> he, it, it didn't. It, it didn't end up paying off the way I wanted. Yeah, but he, but that, he resurrected the Heldrake. I resurrected the Heldrake right? immediately. Yeah, it and was, I'd forgotten about it, so it was like, oh wow, yeah. I just killed this thing. It's back. Yeah. yeah uh, so that was that was very annoying. But uh, in, for, in in your fourth turn, I think that's when you brought in the Heldrake. Yeah. But he can't appear anywhere. He has to appear within the yeah that a was certain number of inches from a table edge. Yeah. Right, so it allowed my uh, my Vanguard vets and my Warlord and my Librarian to swoop up to the objective on the top floor, and then just like surround it. All right, that's yeah. ten, ten models were up there all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they're Raven Guard, yeah. so they're and they're in cover. Yeah. Right. So a you had limited range. B you have to minus one for anything more than twelve inches, uh, and they were in cover, so they were getting a plus one on their saving throw. Mm -hmm. So. They were going to be a little hard to beat. We, we should we should mention the 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 range had increased once. to sixteen inches. To 16 no, 18, inches. 18 inches. Eighteen? Yeah, eighteen. Eighteen inches. The range had increased once to eighteen inches. So 18. by the fourth round, uh, all your guns could work up to eighteen inches. Yeah. Yeah. So that was nice. Um, yeah. No, I. Um, the, I, I, you had so many bodies up there. I just couldn't. Yeah. I really, I really couldn't produce enough firepower. To, to take them all to down, take them all down. And, I, and then my my uh, dreadnought ended up killing your bikers and your um, yeah ended up killing your bikers with the melted guns that might have been able to take out some of these guys easier, so it looked pretty grim. Yeah, no. Uh, you you ran the math in your head. I ran the math in my head and realized not enough bullets to bodies. I literally yeah I don't have enough wound I don't have enough wounds that I could even potentially shell out. At a certain point, right, right. So uh, um, I, th I think at the top of the fifth turn, you decided to concede the game. Yeah, yeah, and that was a good concession because you, yeah, doing the math, math hammered it, and you would not. Yeah, it was like there's like nothing there. You couldn't get my my warlord himself had six wounds because of the warlord trait he had taken. Yeah, iron yeah, resolve. There was nothing. Yeah, so yeah, and plus he's a two up save. Yeah, and, no, no, no. yeah, yeah, you would have been two. able to knock him off off that perch. Yeah, it been, so the raven guards. Does what the Raymond Guard does. Raymond they Guard. swoop in and they, they hide in, in yeah. cover. Yeah, so a, a Raymond Guard victory uh, under the open war conditions. <laughs> the game was really fun. It really was. And it was, but because of the whole, uh, the open war rules that we we're playing, I had no idea where it was going to go. Yeah. Because all the strategies, the list building, all of it, out the window. It's, you know, it's like what Mike Tyson says. 
everyone has a plan until you get punched in the face, right? <laughs> and then, then it's like, now what? Yeah. All right. Yeah. 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 So you have to you have to use tactical flexibility, tactical like we flexibility. talked about last time. Yep. To try and like uh, make up for suddenly a very different war landscape. Um, what yeah. What do you think uh, worked well? And what didn't work well for you? For me? Yeah. Oh, uh, what worked well was <laughs> it's it's difficult. A lot of things admittedly didn't work well. A lot of a lot of shots flopped, like uh, my Melta bikes. Just completely the moment they the, like the one moment they got to be able to do something uh they completely failed flat fell flat in their face the malrafine did subpar uh warp warp towns die quit very quickly net like you just take turn if you're gonna use deep striking units just take terminators just take terminators they're gonna be way more effective sure they're more costly but you just equip them up with some combi melts blow up a tank Right there, you've caused chaos, and they're difficult to get rid of. Two wounds. What worked well? Heldrake, Heldrake's, Heldrake's always nice to see. I, I need to figure out a new way to. There are only D6 shots on the Bale Flamer now, so I need to figure out how to best to optimize the Heldrake. Yeah, uh, it's been getting some criticism online. Like people have said that the Heldrakes are not a thing anymore. Yeah, I think I think I think uh, if yeah, because a D six on the Bell Flamer. It, I mean, before you could you could basically wipe out a whole unit of Marines if with, it was, with with its AP three Bell Flamer. If now yeah. if you, now if you roll a one or two, you know, yeah, and you get a minus two on the AP. If value, it was two, if it was two D six, if it was two D six, now it, you would, now that that would fix the yeah. that would fix the health. All, all you need to do is give a two D six, and now so now you have a fairly nasty uh, anti infantry unit right there. Right. Um even two D three would be better. <laughs> Yeah, even what? Well, yeah, even two D three. Uh, yeah. it would be better, but I don't think that'd be enough. Yeah, I'd I'd say, Malrafine would work well under if I just rolled better. Uh, and I I guess I shouldn't have. Uh, I'm I'm gonna have to train my brain for the open war cards. because uh, I get the feeling we're gonna use them a lot now because because they're bo- fun. They're great. They're just they're just great because they're so. They're unpredictable, and they then they're just that. Those cards are some of the most fun. I think some of the most fun elements of the game I've encountered just across. Yeah. The, like not even like in eighth edition, just period. They're great. Yeah. I I cannot I cannot recommend those cards enough. Right. For it's a great thirteen dollar upgrade. They're just so they're unpredictable, and they just completely change how you. They can just completely change how you view a game. Right. Yeah, getting out of the rut of just playing the missions in the yeah. basic rulebook um, is it's just great. But this adds a randomness level that is really unique and fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was um, I didn't really get to test uh, the whirlwind so much, but for a fairly inexpensive unit, whenever it did uh, do damage, it does like a no, yeah, surprising does. amount of damage. Yeah, it's two d three shots, right? Yeah, and then there's strength seven shots. Yeah. I think minus one on the AP value, and I think they do two damage each or one. Well, they might do one damage each. I think they do two. Two, don't they? Yeah, I think they do two. So when that thing connects, man, it does really yeah. great. It, the fact that it has a seventy-two inch range and you can target things that are not in line of sight with a three-up, you know, ballistic skill. It's uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring a lot more whirlwinds. That it's actually a great unit. No, yeah, it is. Yeah, so I I I thought it was really great. The Curie's Assault Cannons on the Contemporary Dreadnought just, you know, they just turn things into a a meat a meat sauce. 
was, what do you say a meat slurry uh, yeah slurry uh it's that that's just it's a great uh great unit right there it's a little pricey but it, it's definitely worth it sure yeah probably works better in a um, iron hands army yeah. you know but still it, it's a great unit apart from that uh, the stormhawk interceptor was underwhelming mm. Um, yeah, a little bit. It, it works well. I mean, it, it had the unit, it had the weapons they needed to fight aerial battles, and it. it but I, I whiffed on all my rolls on, on trying to shoot down your Heldrake. Your, your Heldrake died because of um, ground fire from small vultures. Arms, small, small arms, arms fire, fire yeah. is what killed it. Right. It, it is really good with when you equip it with uh, assault cannon against ground troops, though. So. Yeah. It's hitting on a three. The Stormhawk is... the. The Storm Talon is better if you're just going to focus on ground troops because you have the strafing run rule, mm. which allows you to hit on a two-up. Yeah. Yeah. So, again, it's, this is a very sort of specialized anti-aerial flyer, and I found that it didn't do its job as an anti-aerial unit that much. Uh, so, mm, probably not going to get used to A squad to of them would be fun in an Apocalypse game. It would be fun. Yeah, oh, a squad of them would be great in Apocalypse. Yeah. 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 As long as you don't use the stupid air combat rules. <sighs> What, what I don't know why. Thinking? I don't know. What were they thinking when they know. made those? We're not going to use them. Okay. Never. Um, All right. Good game. Yeah, it was a good game. Good game. It was 1,500 points. Probably game lasted, what, three hours? Something like that. Yeah, we took our time and we had fun, you know. Yeah. I, and again, those open war cards. Open yeah, war I cards. Can, I, okay. I can yeah, only gush about them That's for our so recommendation long. for the show. Really, it is. Get, get yourself the open war cards. Okay. Uh, I think we're going to bring the, the show to a close. We encourage you guys to... Uh, Go to iTunes and leave us a review, hopefully five stars. If not, let us know. Email us and let, let us know why. It really helps us. Mm-hmm. If there's one thing you can do to help the podcast, it would be to leave a review on, on iTunes. And otherwise, if you want to talk to us, then send us an email. We are the Eye of Terror Podcast at uh, gmail.com. We love hearing from you. This is now episode 47. We are rapidly approaching 50 episodes. So we're going to have to do something special about that. Yeah, we'll have to. I don't, I don't know. know what, but. You no, know, maybe do some giveaway we've done giveaways before and we actually got we're very happy with the results of that so we might do something special for that we'll have to think about it we'll think about it okay so we'll see you guys in a couple of weeks until then i'm george and i'm alec and we play 40k we'll see you guys soon Bye.